We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. Hey, what is going on, everybody? I know you're not in a good mood, so let's just skip all the uh, the nice shit, other than to say that this show today is sponsored by Imperial Pizza. Best lunch specials in town. One of the premier places in all South Buffalo. Uh, make sure you go check that out. I will be there live on Thursday night. We'll be doing a show with uh, Nate Gary from uh, WGR. Tomorrow's show, Aaron Quinn from Cover One Thursday morning. I'll have Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings tonight for a second uh, straight night. I'm joined by my buddy returning to this podcast, Tone Pucks. We're taping this quite literally within five to 10 minutes after uh, the Buffalo Bills and just an absolutely epic, embarrassing collapse, losing to the Aaron Rodgers list, New York Jets in overtime on a uh, punt return. There's a lot of reasons why they lost that game before that play, though. Um, And we're going to dive into some of them. I usually have the same format, the good, the bad, the ugly, with every Bills game, win or loss. But I got to be honest with you, Tone, man. Right now I'm having, and you watch the game. By the way, we watched the game together tonight. Had some uh, some wings from Imperial, very good wings. Um, I, I'm having a hard time kind of collecting myself right now. I'm almost, I don't. maybe I shouldn't be in shock, but I'm almost in shock. Like, how are you feeling right now? Instant reaction, literally within, what, maybe 15 minutes or so after uh, this game just ended. Just unbelievable to me right now. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call it the stupidest game ever to have to do a podcast after. <laughs> no fucking, shit, dude. I can't I just I can't stand you right now. <laughs> um, but I'll I'm, I mean, let's just look at what's what's ahead, all right? We are going to be dismissed in the national media. Mm-hmm. We are going to be absolutely annihilated in the local media. <laughs> and it's going to be deserved on both fronts and people that, you know, get the feelings hurt when people talk bad about their beloved Buffalo bills, are going to have to suck it up this week. All right. Regroup and get the table, the, uh, you know, jumping on, uh, selves ready for two games against the Raiders and the commanders. 
and hope that you just get right. Because I said that yesterday, and I I, I still believe it is as bad as this one was and as bad as it played and as much as there is to talk about on the downside of things. All right. I, I got to stay true to my, my feeling going in. And that was that I can deal with a loss because there are two teams coming up that were, if we are who we think we are, um, we're better than, and, uh, you know, I, I expect to host Miami in three weeks or four weeks, however you want to look at it. Um, I expect to host Miami at two and one. Anything other than that, and this is the beginning of a catastrophic start. It might already be. I'm okay. just I'm gonna say All that right. right off the bat. It might already be. And listen, I know who I am. I'm an overreactor, and I don't really try to hide from it often. If you would have told me, okay, so again, we've talked throughout the day and we talked about it on the show last night. If you would have told me five minutes before kickoff, the Bills were going to go into New Jersey and lose on Monday night football by a, six points, a field goal, 10, 14, whatever it may have been, I would have been stunned. Not, not at all. And I agree with what you're saying. You come back, you win the next two weeks and, you know, uh, a lot of doubts get they're not a race but they'll at least get eased up maybe a little bit but the way things played out with Aaron Rodgers going down what in the first drive he didn't even finish the first drive of the game and the way the Bills played tonight is just deplorable and again we're gonna do the good the bad the ugly and try to kind of stay on track a little bit but I got a lot of shit going through my mind and I'm not I'm kind of forgetful so some things if they pop up I'm going to say it. Let me start here. And again, I'm going right to the end of the game as opposed to so many factors, you know, that played into this game. But for me, we spent a lot of this time or or the game tonight conversating and talking about Ken Dorsey this, Ken Dorsey that. And I was to at least some extent kind of defending him other than the fact that I thought it was a joke that Gabe Davis got one target to three quarters. But that aside, I was like, yo, and a lot, and this is all true, by the way. You know, the Jets' defensive line was just pulverizing the Bills' offensive line. Josh Allen was playing terrible, making terrible decisions. There was a lot of blame going around, so it's easy to just say, "Well, it's Ken Dorsey's fault." This and that. Fire Ken Dorsey. And you know that shit's going on. Literally, as we talk on Twitter right now, you know that's going on. But I'm going to tell you this: overtime, a five-yard false start by Spencer Brown. And then you get nothing on first down. It was an incomplete pass, a bad Josh Allen throw low to Dawson Knox, who was open. And it's second and 15. You're in overtime. You're the offensive coordinator. And what play are you dialing up in overtime when you got a $258 million quarterback? And I don't give a shit how bad he's played throughout the whole game. He did take you down for a field goal at the end of the fourth quarter. What play do you dial up? A 15-yard, second and 15, a run up the middle, in all due respect, because I like him, but James fucking Cook gets a fucking carry on second and 15 in overtime? What is that? The, the, he Everything leading up to that, I'm like, I will at least make some attempt to somewhat defend Ken Dorsey. After that call, James Cook on second and 15, no shot. That was inexcusable and embarrassing. Yeah, he's got to wear that one, man. He does. I, <laughs> you just got to wear that one. Let's, I mean, we got our own takes. That was awful. And Tom, we got our own takes. But I want you to pull up pull up your phone. 
I want you to read a tweet to everybody out here who's watching this, which, by the way, I have this nice intro. I, I do appreciate everyone who is tuning in, whether you're watching this on video, of course, or listening to this podcast form. I know you're disgusted when you're waking up this morning or whenever you're watching or listening to this. But uh, we'll have some takes. But I want you to read a take from someone else. Say who it's from. And because uh, I, I think this encapsulates the Buffalo Bills performance and maybe this team right now more than anything that either of us are going to be able to say. Yeah, I stumbled into it before the outcome, and I liked it. It's Ben Solak. Uh, I think GR has him on, maybe even weekly. Um, his take, I, if, I, I want to say it was probably around 13-13 at the time. Uh, difficult to overstate how embarrassing this is for the Bills. The moment Rodgers went down, all they had to do was play a controlled, mistake-free game. They have done everything but at every turn an immature and concerning game independent of the final result i mean just that nails it i think i think that that nails it i don't know uh um i don't know his relationship to our to our market like i said i know uh i know he's in it i know i know guys have him on um but i i think he's just uh, uh I, you know of the national variety and i think that take just hits it nothing he said is a lie it, this is um again it's it's one game out of 17 i understand that and i know my guy aaron quinn from cover when i was thinking about this is we're, we're taping i mean you're a little more subdued than i thought you would be a little bit not much more i'm really fired up right now i'm trying to contain it a little bit but aaron quinn my guy from cover one and i love aaron he's gonna piss me off i'm taping with him tomorrow morning and i know he's gonna have a very uh even keel borderline nonchalant attitude that it's just one game and it's going to kind of piss me off because these games come back to bite you. And I, again, shouldn't be surprised. This is a team that beat the Bills last year in New Jersey with Zach. Was it Zach Wilson or Mike White? I don't remember. I think it was Zach, it was Zach Wilson. Yeah. It was, you know what? The Jets didn't beat the Bills. The Bills, Bills beat themselves last year. And to some extent, they did that again. Again, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll, we will have, there is some good and we'll talk about the good, but let's just jump right into a, a lot of the bad and you got to start again ken dorsey it's easy to blame everything on him and i'm furious with him right now but i'm going to tell you and, and maybe you think i'm wrong let me know if i am that might have been the worst game i've ever seen josh allen play certainly the worst game that josh allen has played during this like quote unquote super bowl window over the last three four years he was bad in new york last year he was way worse tonight bad <laughs> QB one bad. Yes. I mean, that is a, that, that's a, a top storyline from this, um, you know, clearly seems to be, uh, an Achilles heel for uh, no pun intended with, uh, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Aaron Rodgers name yet. Not yet. Um, this jets defense seems to have his number, whether, oh. whether they have Josh's number, Dorsey's number, or, you know, the, the collective, uh, advantage over the Bills offense. We saw it again today. You know, we, we saw it again today. It, it, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, some film breakdown. I want to see if, if as we suspect, uh, the separation wasn't there and, and Josh was looking at, um, you know, a lot of covered receivers, but he was bad. He was just, he was bad. And Dorsey will get a lot of blame. There's just it's just one of those weeks where every single you know I, I say caller because I'm still kind of in the radio uh, mode. in the You're radio old mode, school, dude. That's cool, man. It, it's it. just one of those weeks where every single caller is basically can probably be right 
because there's just so much, um, you know, to complain about. We've went 10 minutes, and I think one thing is important to give the Jets credit. They're a good football team. Maybe that's a, well, they are on offense. They got a lot of skilled position players that are really good. We saw Brees Hall do some great things tonight. We saw Garrett Wilson with an unbelievable touchdown catch. You know, is but Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Who knows? That offense probably not going to be that good if Zach Wilson is the long-term answer there. But I'm talking about the defense, dude. That defense is insane. And it was DJ Reed who said before the season, and I thought he was talking completely out of his ass. Maybe he still is. But he said we have, a, you know, potential to be one of the greatest defenses ever. He's talking about the 85 Bears and this and that. Maybe that's a little premature. But I'll tell you what, they looked at tonight because they just, absolutely well you know what again i want to spread some blame around and i want to go back to josh because i'm letting him off the hook too easy First hold on thing, though hold on go I, i'm gonna I, I want you to finish your thought on the jets or at least let me finish mm -hmm. your thought on the jets because if you want to draw a blueprint on how to go out there and you know be a defense that people will talk about in the same breath as the 85 bears then you do it on a night on the national stage against one of the best offenses sure. in football, all right, when you're all everything quarterback that really the entire game was about, okay, went out within four plays and you delivered a win. That's a pretty good way to start the story of, you know, the, the defense that they think they can be. Uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't draw up a better way to start than the W that they just handed their squad tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. And their city, all right, and their, and their entire fan base, which in the middle of a very competitive game was just sitting there with, like, their fucking heads in, in their in their hands. Like, this, just, just miserable. Their entire night, their entire season, their entire existence, all right, just shot to shit. And that defense just said, nah, you know what? We're going to go make you all happy tonight. And that shit, I mean, I, I give them a lot of credit, but we fucking suck. We <laughs> see it's coming. It's, it's coming out little by little with Joe Bucks here. That's all right, because I, I want to, you know, this podcast is going to be about some emotion, and that's why we're doing immediate post games. I told you this. I used to sit back until like a full day after to digest everything, but I don't want to digest anything. I'm pretty, you know, I'm going to be pretty high after some games, and I'm really low right now. And again, I'm telling I'm not surprised that the Bills lost this game. I didn't know leading up to kickoff. I was like, I told you this yesterday in the show. People were asking me, thinking that I matter what my opinion is, how I feel about this game. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't. And I'm not surprised. But for Aaron Rodgers to go down, this team was just looking or they were ready to get pummeled. It felt like they were ready to get pummeled. But everything that defense did against the Bills worked. And before I get to the offensive line, because Josh, yeah, I was not alone in blame, by the way. But that first interception was basically a punt. Who gives a shit? He threw it down the field on third down. Guy energy should have dropped the ball, actually. He caught it the four-yard line. That kind of suggested us a favor there. But that second and third interception, all the Whitehead, by the way, had out three interceptions on the day. Those were just horrible throws and terrible decisions from Josh Allen. And then to make matters worse, um, which led to the Jets with the go-ahead field goal in the fourth quarter. He, he bobbles the snap, picks it off, gets clocked, and fumbles it. Four turnovers, tied a career high uh, tonight. I don't know, Tony. I, I, this might be unfair, and maybe this is where I go to overreaction territory where I start getting harsh. But it's like 
I don't know what's up with Josh, you know, prepare was, he, you know, I, I know this much. I'm trying to be careful how I say this, but that bang, I'm going back to the Bengals playoff game last year. And the criticism that I heard about Josh Allen is that he just wasn't ready to play that game. Not going to get any personal stuff, none of my business, whatever. But bottom line is his, his, his preparation for that game wasn't where it needed to be. And it showed on the field. And I almost, I don't know why, but that's what it felt like to me tonight. It's just like he wasn't there. Now, maybe in fairness to Josh, it was just the defensive line beating the shit out of his guys. And maybe he has zero confidence in Spencer Brown or Mitch Morris or Connor Montgomery. And these guys are going to make a block. And that's in the back of his mind. And that might force him into, you know, making some mistakes. So, again, it's not just him. But this, your quarterback can't be the worst player on your team. And arguably, he might have been the worst player on the team tonight for the Bills. And there's candidates, but he might have been the worst of the worst. Well, let me tell you what's wrong with Josh Allen. I got two words for you. Haley Steinbergen. Stop it. Sure. Stop it. All right, yeah, man. All right. Um we have, yeah, we, are, we have we we have a superstar quarterback in the uh, national spotlight for the first time in forever and on the biggest stage today he went and laid an egg. And now he will have two consecutive one o'clock games, probably number 3 uh on the broadcast schedule to fly under the radar and get his football team back to 2 and 1, but he sucked tonight. He sucked tonight. He did. He did. And so did the offensive line. And yeah. it's easy to just say Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown was not good. He got beat really bad for a second. I think Josh was sacked maybe five times. Um, Connor McGovern, we noticed this. We talked about it during the game. He was bad tonight. Um, Mitch Morse, there were times I was yelling at the TV a couple times with you, man. And like, he, he snapped the ball, and it's like he was blocking or just standing in front of air. Like, I was just running right past him. He was just standing there. And I've seen it happen multiple times. It's just the offensive line was just terrible tonight protecting him. They weren't very good running the ball. And when and a few occasions where James Cook did bust one or two, it was more James Cook than great blocking. It just offensive line was really bad, man. Dominated. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things that draws me to football is as cheesy as it sounds, is I am a firm believer in just the overall build. All right. From you know, the the roster build to both sides of the football, the 11-man unit on every given play. I, I, I really am a believer, all right, that everybody has a 111th. And despite, you know, the obvious, uh, you know, Josh Allen criticism that'll come tonight uh, and whatnot, you know, you've mentioned, I mean, shit, man, you've mentioned half the offense at this point. And, you know, and, and it was a collective, it was a collective lemon on that side of the ball and it's Dorsey and it's Allen and it's the line. And we'll probably find out from the all 22 that it was the receivers as well. Can't all right. That, that whole, film. that whole side of the football. All right. That whole side of the football stunk. Why? And again, given the jets credit, but why you have all off season to prepare for a game. You're up 10 points too, by the way, you know what I'm saying? You should be able to play with a lead. Well, here's why. Here's here, here's why I want to attack Dorsey, though. Okay, because you know, even well before the result, all right, and well before you know the wheels came off, Josh. One of the things that we saw early in the first quarter was, I think, some of the nuances of the offense that we weren't showing in the preseason. All right, the use of um, the use of Hardy, 
you know, in the slot. I think it, 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 I think he started a play in the backfield, caught a swing pass, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, th- those are the types of things that you're keeping off film. All right. In the preseason so that in week one, you can come and make a real impact with them. And you want to know what that real impact was in that first quarter when we were being, you know, kind of creative or innovative with some of the, you know, some of the new toys this year, man, they were ripping off about three to five yards each play. That is all those were getting. And I'm telling you, those are scripted because they were in the first two drives. Mm -hmm. Those are scripted designed plays that we have kept off film all preseason long, only to go out and gain about three to five yards. To me, that's an offensive coordinator, all right, who's miscalculating. Yeah, and Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid, zero combined targets on their first three drives. Gabe Davis caught a 26-yard pass on their fourth, which led to, uh, that was on the touchdown drive, actually. Yeah, just, I, you're, everything you say about Ken Dorsey is right. I just can't get my mind, and this is part of the reason why I'm struggling to do this post-game so quickly right now. I am struggling to get over running the ball up the middle to James Cook on second and 15 in overtime when Tyler Matekovich won the coin toss. Tyler yeah. I'm like, all right, I get it. The false start on Spencer Brown, incomplete pass to Dawson Knox is second and 15. You just went, what did they go, 50 yards on the last drive to get in position to, to kick the field goal? Which, by the way, that was one of the most anxiety ridden field goals. That was a fun field I've ever goal. Seen. So, you know, that was a fun field goal. It was like Christie in those uh, those Patriot games. You, that, you, you tried fronting on me saying that you know you've lost your anxiety and this and it that. Came, it, it just, it it just definitely swarmed came me. It swarmed me <laughs> on that Bills last drive. And I'm not playing, man. All right. Yeah. You know, when the Jets went up 16-13, and even as the Bills started that drive, I was just kind of like, all right, I can just – it's not hitting me. I'm not anxious. You know what I mean? I'm just willing to willing to take the loss. I'm not having that physical effect that the Bills can have on so many of us. And then we started to drive, and then we lined up for a field goal that was one of the most anxiety-ridden field goals of all time. And, you know, I, I mean, there was certainly some embellishment but, you know, I mean, I, I fell to the floor and I, and I needed those few seconds on the floor as well, man. That was that was fun. That was really the only fun I had tonight. Am I, am I surprised that our quarterback turned the ball over four times? Sure. Am I surprised that the Bills would run the ball in overtime on second and 15 up the middle? A surrender play, basically? Yeah, I am. But one thing I'm not surprised about is that this offense struggled against the Jets. And, I mean, you could attest to this because we watched the game together tonight. I was never comfortable. I was never stress-free. Even without Aaron Rodgers and you got a two-score lead against Zach Wilson, there was no point where I was like, whenever the Bills were on offense, I'm like, I feel comfortable right now about this game. I just never did. The Jets were defending every single blade of grass. Running to the football, you said athletic as hell, man. Just making plays all over the place. Again, I got to give them some credit because they're just, they're really good. I kind of feel like I'm starting to spin my wheels here. A little bit, because again, I'm still stuck on this Ken Dorsey play in this overtime drive and just how badly it played out. All the shit during the offseason, if you were had concerns about the Bills, I feel like most of them reared their ugly head tonight. Josh Hello. Allen with the turnovers, Dorsey's play calling, um, the offensive line, Connor McGovern. We talked about him literally just yesterday. I thought he was, I, I thought he was really bad. Mitch Morrison have a good game, but Spencer Brown, I mean, even he got beat for a sack. You know, I wouldn't say he had a horrible game, but he got beat for a sack, had some missed blocks, big false start on the first play of the possession in overtime. And then on the defensive side of the ball, though, Terrell Bernard, to be fair, I thought he played much better in the second half. So I felt like I was a little bit too harsh on him early on. 
But, you know, all these things about the Bills that I was worried about, at least coming into the season, they kind of justified it tonight. A lot of the smaller things, yes. Um, but still, I mean, I think the one thing that you that you count on with the Bills is that you're going to get, you know, a quarter of a, a quarter of a billion dollar performance from your quarterback. All right, and that just didn't happen. It, it just didn't if happen. If he plays I mean, adequate, they win, right? If he's if he's even average, if he's just adequate, Josh Allen, all the mistakes the offensive line made, the missed blocks, uh, stupid play calls a couple times, if he's just adequate on, in this game, the Bills are 1-0 right now, right? Yeah, that goes back to the Solak tweet, right? I mean, all you had to do was just play some mistake-free football, and, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. It's a, it's shocking, man. This is a shocking result. It's not a shocking result, you know, going in. But the minute Rodgers went down, um, you know, I don't know what the live line did, but I, I'm sure it skyrocketed. And you know, the losing to a team, you know, led by a kid that um, was a total afterthought, and you know, deservedly so. He, he ain't shit. Um, it's a terrible loss. It's a terrible loss. It really, it really is. It's you a can't, terrible loss, man. You can't man. understate it. It's not just this one out of 17. And sure, Cincinnati got stomped on Sunday. But if I'm a Bengals fan, we talked about this. I'm not panicked. I'm a, I'm a little bit, I don't want to say I'm panicked right now if I'm a Bills fan. But I'm concerned because of the way that they lost. And to, uh, again, when Aaron Rodgers goes down, it just, I don't know, man. It, it, it just should have been a wrap. It, it, it was real ugly. All right, I'm going to take a real quick break here to let local wrestling fans know that on Saturday, September 30th, Buffalo Championship Wrestling presents the Big Fall Bash. This event takes place at the Arlene Mahalu Community Center located at 82 Harrison Street in Buffalo. Event starts at 6. Doors open at 4.30. On the slate, Current NWA star Aaron Stevens, formerly known as WWE superstar Damian Sandow, will be there meeting fans and signing autographs before the event. In action, you'll see BCW, WNY Heritage Wrestling champ Rockstar Robbie Vegas, the new NWA World's Heavyweight champion EC3, Mad Dog, the Calamity Delson Alexander, the tag team of the Buffalo Bad Boy Brian Jennings, and Bulk Nasty. Invisible Vance Valor, and much more. For tickets and info, be sure to visit bcw-wny.com. Again, that's bcw-wny.com. And follow Buffalo Championship Wrestling on all social media platforms at bcw-wny. Well, I hadn't had up. There'll be a, when you hear the audio version, anyway, it'll work out. But anyway, it was a BCW wrestling. Ad. Everything's a fucking disaster right now with uh, this podcast, with this team, hot with this game. It is hot in here to make matters worse as well. Um, Yeah, look, offense, you could go on for days. With the ex exception of uh, Stefan Diggs came to play today, big opening week for him, 10 catches for 102 yards and a, a touchdown, their only touchdown, actually. He played, uh, he played well, and we did notice too. They they showed it on the uh, on the TV at one point that he went up to Josh before that last drive, mm. which I was bitching you about because I was like, the only thing that was annoying me worse than the way Josh Allen was playing was the way Josh Allen was coming to the bench and just seeming like he was just sitting there sulking by himself. And you said body you know, language. 
I, no, I mean, I stuck up for it at, at, at the time. You know what I mean? He, he's a veteran quarterback. He doesn't need to be patted on the shoulders and, and, you know, stuff like that. You know, hey, you'll get him next time. Although, which, as you were alluding to, that's exactly what Diggs did before the final drive. Um, and it worked, you know, works. You know, we, we went down and got the field goal. But, um, you know, whether, whether it matters to you, uh, that, you know, Josh was sulking alone or whatever, whether or not he had the support of his teammates. I think that all kind of falls under the same umbrella, which was his body language was awful tonight. Yeah, His body language was awful. And that includes on the field. All right. That just, that just includes on the field. He just didn't have that same sort of, um, you know, confidence, enthusiasm. Uh, it was, it was, Man, a lot of this was about the quarterback tonight. It was. was It was. And again, I want to make sure he does not escape blame on this show because I still feel at the end of the day, if he plays even okay, the Bills, maybe not in the most pretty fashion, you know, it won't be a signature statement win, but they leave that, that stadium with a win if Josh Allen is just okay. Do you feel like, did you see a lack of confidence in him? Maybe his body language or in his eyes or just in his reactions on the bench to the offensive line because he was under siege a lot. I mean, again, it's not like he was sitting in the pocket, you know, with no pressure on him, just bad throw after bad throw and turnover after turnover. He he was under pressure a lot. I think he got – I don't have the stats right in front of me right now, but he got sacked like five times, and he was hit a lot too. I mean, took, we, took some really hard hits. We've way. watched a lot of football, and, and anyone who has – probably has paid attention to quarterbacks that just have a, you know, a nemesis team, a nemesis defense. I, I remember they Kelly. They really are. Yeah, you know, I mean, I remember Kelly against, uh, shit, man. It, it was Reeves. It, it it was Reeves Broncos. Reeves was the head coach. But, like, I can't remember. I was about to say Kubiak, but Kubiak's actually the backup that came in for Elway in the AFC Championship game. But those, like, those Dennis Smith, Steve Atwater, uh Bronco teams I just remember man like Kelly just couldn't couldn't figure him out and that's where Josh appears to be with the Jets I told you at some point during the game too and I and I truly felt it I, I referenced those Bills teams how many times we, you know we grew again being our age we grew up watching the Bills and we weren't even kids we were like teenagers going in you know being late teenagers or young adults when the Bills went on their run for all those years and just Jim Kelly, week, not week after week, but plenty of times, he would go out there and he would stink the field up for three and a half quarters. But at the end of the day, he would find that one drive, that one play, that one throw, he would do something, whatever it took, and the Bills would find a way to win. Somebody would step up and make a play. And it just, I don't know, by the way, and this is unfair to put on just Josh, because I can, I know right off the top of my head, the Kansas City playoff game, he never even touched the ball, but Josh is 0-5 in overtime games now. Didn't know that until uh, I saw that stat. Again, maybe I'm being a little unfair. I can't remember all the games that they lost, but um, I don't know. It's just making the big plays and the big moments. It just seems to elude the Bills, to be honest with you. It's like Tyler Dunn, Tone. I remember having him on my show, and he talked about the Bills were like front runners. Like they're better. If they're more talented than you and they get out in front, they'll They'll flex on you. They'll step on your grave. They'll just rout you. They'll kick your ass. But when you when the team punches them back in the mouth and it's a tight game in big moments, they don't they don't find that way. It happened last year against the Vikings. It happened last year against the Jets. When they had a chance to come down, 
I don't know if I can say the playoff game, of course, last year, but two years ago, Kansas City, it happened against the Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? And that's something to be concerned about, I feel like. And I don't know if that's, that's, that's coaching. I don't know if it's the quarterback. I don't know if it's the coordinator. I don't know what it is. But they're like either they steamroll you because they're just better than you or they're 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 not winning games that they should win like this one. Look, any, any skeptical narrative of the Bills that's out there that anyone's ever had you know, now, now is the time to, you know, to go ahead and, and take, albeit an early victory lap, but yeah, I mean, that's the way it goes. You know, if you got to take and you believe in something and even if it's only week one, if that team lives up to it or down to it, all right. Um, then hey, you have every right to say, mm, well, this is, this is kind of, you know, how I feel about this team. And I've, and I've said it in the past. So, you know, there are a lot of Bill's naysayers out there and they will, um, you know, uh, they'll, they'll, remind, gonna be they'll, more. They'll, they'll, they'll remind you. All right. Uh, you know, of, of what they said going into this game. And we have two weeks to just, uh, to just fly under the radar and get to Miami. Two one loss one. is one loss back to that. Keep going back to that. Get to Miami two and one, you know, I guess that's what the fan in me, uh, is is saying and and feeling that game's in Buffalo too in week four. It is, yeah. One loss, but do you feel like this has the potential to be just more than one loss? Like right now, what's your confidence level at? It was whatever it was going into the game. How much did it dip based on one game? Did this did one game sway you significantly, or do you still more or less feel the same that you did going into this game? With the premise that you thought there was a good chance the Bills could lose this game, but I don't think you thought that Aaron Rodgers would go down in the first drive of the game and that the Jets would only muster 16 regular regulation points, but but still the Bills would end up losing this game. All of that's correct. Um, and as much as I'm, you know, n normally not not uh, prone to you know to do this, um, you know, I, I I come off my mark pretty easily. I, I, I want to stay true to how I felt going in. I want to stay true to how I felt going in. And that is that there are two teams coming up on the schedule that we are supposed to be quite a bit better than. And let's just go get to Miami at two and one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, I am back here with Tone Pucks, and we are going over the immediate aftermath. The Buffalo Bills lose in overtime to the New York Jets in embarrassing fashion, quite frankly. Um, I don't even do we talk talk about that special teams play. It's so fresh in my head. I, I no, I, 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 I want I want at it. I want at that special teams play because, because I want to know why the fuck I got to sit there and look at Tyler Medikavich for five straight years for the sole purpose of not losing a game on a punt return. All right. I mean, I'm yeah. giving this guy a roster spot. I'm giving away like what Saran Neal, Tyler Medikavich. I've got about four or five roster spots committed. All right, to the importance of special teams. Cam you Lewis. Just, you just lost a football Cam, game. And Cam Lewis, by the way, uh, uh, not entirely his fault, but Cam Lewis did blow the tackle, the initial tackle on that punt. Cam Lewis stressed. DeMar Hamlin didn't. I'd be willing to bet a chunk of that reason is because Cam Lewis is perceived as It was a better. terrible kick. I mean, it, uh, you know. It was. I mean, it was, it was a terrible kick. So he came up on it, and I'm sure that that just broke everything down. But I, I do get annoyed. I, I do get annoyed losing – all right, on the special teams when McDermott is, is still giving away four or five roster spots to special teams every single year, two of which are, are like are, are like linebacker depth spots where I suck, kind of. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I, I If you're a Jets fan or if, or if you're a Bills hater, that was a really climatic ending of the game. For us, for Bills fans watching that game, it felt like I had I spent so much emotion on that last drive and just – the, the the tense and anxiousness of knowing that, and I freaking knew it. I told you time and time again. I was concerned about this game. <laughs> I was when they were up two scores too. I was the whole game. I didn't have any confidence in the Bills' offense anyway. I had a lot of confidence in the defense. But anyway, my point was is I I, I spent so much emotion that when that happened, I was just sitting there exhausted and in shock. But that really, this is how this game's going to end. And then I'm like, well, it feels kind of fitting, you know the. You know why? One of the reasons why it does feel fitting too, because if they would have came down, say if the Jets just field a punt and they go sixty-five yards on the defense, they maybe were, you know, we're handing out more criticism than the defense. So if we flip the field here, you know, talk about the bad, the ugly. I thought the defense played really good tonight. Um, so if there's a, a good to come from this game, if you're a Bills fan and if you're really scratching and clawing and looking for some optimistic points to hit on. You don't agree with me? I thought the defense played well. I mean, against an absolute bum. Well, they had four turnovers on offense. Uh, fine, but they they played good against an absolute bum. Okay. I mean, I mean, what percent of the reps did did this kid get in camp? Like maybe like two percent sure. of, of of reps. I mean, he's an, he's a he's a joke. He's a punchline. All right, and he threw some good balls. He had some, you know. Um, and he got some some big plays from his receivers, but no, I'm not ready to hand out uh, you know good grades to the defense just because they they stopped uh, Chad I don't Wilson. Agree what with the you fuck's at all. his name? What's his name? Zach Wilson, dude. The defense turned Awful. the ball over. I bet you the Jets right off the top of my head. I know for sure their last ten points, not counting the punt return, came off um, turnovers. So that's two scores off turnovers, and then literally the special teams lost the game in overtime. 
Uh, the defense played good. They gave up that long 83-yard run. By the way, props to, to Christian Benford for not quitting on that play and running down Brees Hall. Literally saved them four points on that drive. So that was a, that was a big play from Christian Benford. I thought he was fine. I'm not saying that the defense dominated the game. They played well, though. I mean, there was pressure was there. They got a lot of pressure. Greg Rizzo played really well, especially early in the game. Um Floyd had a second and a half. He's the one who, who knocked Rogers out of the game early. Uh I right, just 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 go go, go do it against Jimmy Garoppolo and Howell. Sam Howell. Howell. <laughs> I, I, I had the last name. Um just, just go do it over the next two weeks then. Okay. If you're if 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 we're good there, if we're okay over there, then you know, just go do it over the next two weeks while the offense gets right. And then, and 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 then I'll I'll you know then I'll be willing to plug the defense a little bit. You know the offense looked really bad in that Pittsburgh preseason game, and we were like, "Whoa, you know, it's, you know, it's just preseason, but don't look good." Then they have one drive in Chicago, and we're like, "All right, this is the Bills' offense, high-powered offense." I, I don't know, man. I'm like kind of like fifty-fifty on it because I, I got to give the Jets credit, and, and for whatever reason, and you said this, even though the Bills, well, they split last year too, but even when the Bills beat the Jets. Even when they beat him in Buffalo last year against Mike White, the defense played well. Josh Allen does not play well against the New York Jets. I told you at some point during the game, I think I'd rather – I'd be more comfortable if we had a two-score lead and we were playing the Philadelphia Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs than I do against the Jets because I just feel like they're going to stymie our offense. And that's quite literally exactly um, what they've done. But if you're Sean McDermott, Tone, you're going to say what you're going to say to the you know to the media. He's going to have a press conference tomorrow or today when you're watching or listening He's going to talk to the media and he's just, you know, he's going to be annoyed, but he's going to talk about being one loss and bounce back, come back. But if you're Sean McDermott, what's the tone with him this week? And then, you know, in that locker room and on the practice field and what kind of worry do you think he has, if any, with his own team right now? He can't have none because I, I think that's a lie if he says there's nothing to be concerned about. McDermott's a robot, man. McDermott's going to come out and say, we're going to do, what we do to get out of things like this. And that is we come to work, we come to work, Sure, we come to work and, you know, and we get to work on it. And, and, and you know what? It's actually as boring as it is. Um, that consistency uh, is, is probably one of the things that, uh, um, that serves them well. I, I just, you know, it's the, it's the mark of a decent coach. It's the mark of a decent leader. It's a lot of coach speak. It's super boring shit as far as sound bites go. Um, but I buy in. I, I buy in. Just, you know, hey, you know, um, let's get to work. Let's 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 get to work on the Raiders and uh we'll put the Jets in the review uh until we see them again. I I, I just I I can't buy it. All right, bum quarterback aside, bum quarterback aside, a concern, not a concern, but it was um Something worth noting of interest to see how Sean McDermott would look calling the defense, calling the plays, being the defensive coordinator. Again, bum quarterback aside, as you say, which I still don't completely agree with, but I thought he did a pretty good job for, you know, for week one at least. But I didn't see anything coverage-wise. Like, we were thinking maybe, you know, the Bills might draw some schemes, some fancy blitzes, stuff like that. It felt like a pretty straightforward, basic defense Terrell Bernard, if he wasn't on the field the whole game, he was on the field almost uh, the entire game. Taylor Rapp played some. I noticed that in the slot for uh, Teron Johnson here and there. But as that aside, this was pretty much your basic four-man rush, maybe occasionally a, a fifth guy blitzing. And uh, 
It's a pretty basic defense. Maybe that's because he was playing Zach Wilson in the Yeah, Jets. man. I mean, I I, I feel so like we didn't learn two, much? two things. I feel like two things kind of changed. Um, you know, the uh the the McDermott, the interest in the McDermott um, you know, schematic side of the defense. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, the the change of quarterback, all right, is uh is one. And the fact that I I do think we we probably showed early that we could get home with four. I mean, we were getting a lot of pressure with four. Yeah. So once you're getting a lot of pressure with four, there's really no reason to, um, you know, to really try much else. Um, right. So a couple things probably played into that. And so, you know, that grade is incomplete for me, you know, maybe not great, but um, you know, that early assessment on what a McDermott, um, you know, defense is going to look like that, that comes off a little incomplete tonight. When you know when the quarterback changed as quickly as it did, if not counting the Jets, if there's a big winner to come out of tonight, not that it matters what people talk about or write about or whatever, but the Miami Dolphins are going to come out smelling like roses after this week one. They go to the Chargers, they win, and their offense just looks unstoppable. Quite frankly, the Jets a very impressive home win against the Bills. However. If Aaron Rodgers is gone for a significant length of time, I don't think anybody's thinking that Zach Wilson is going to lead the Jets to 11, 12 wins and a playoff berth. Obviously, if you're Buffalo, even when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, I remember my first reaction as we were watching the game tonight. I'm like, well, first I was like, oh, okay, fuck Aaron Rodgers. But then I'm like, I loved it right away. I did. I'm not going to lie. I, hate, I, I hate Aaron Rodgers it. as a human I, I being. I loved it right away. I loved it right away. I was like, you know what? It's, so what? All right. So, so what? It happens. I get it. Let me let me say this too. I hate Aaron Rodgers as a human being, and I've been very very vocal on this podcast numerous times on social media about how much I hate Aaron Rodgers. So if there's one guy I'm not going to feel sympathy for, it would be him. But that said, I was also annoyed because I'm like, great, the Bills are going to win an ugly. My thought process: the Bills are going to win an ugly ass game, and nobody's going to give them any credit. Not that I even watch most of these national talk shows anymore anyway, but nobody's going to give the Bills any credit. And if they happen to lose to Zach Wilson, uh, the sky's going to be falling with national media anyway, and at least some fans for sure. And that's exactly what you're going to see this week, I predict. I agree. I just can I go back to Aaron hating Aaron Rodgers as sure. human being? Right, they're they're fucking rapists, all right, <laughs> leading national football league offenses and shit. All right. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is super annoying and was really weird with a lot of things. Sure. And he loves the spotlight too much and, and all those things. Um, but I'll give him a, I'll give him a pass as, as a human being. I just want to draw the line between hating human beings. I hate him. All right. Who rape masseuses <laughs> and, you know, hating human beings who they, like, you know, go into dark retreats and stuff I'm like that. They're just up. like Aaron Rodgers is just a fucking weird dude. <laughs> I just, I, I don't like him. I was, but I was fine with him going down. And, and actually, man, we haven't really talked about that. That is like maybe even a bigger story than the result tomorrow. Isn't it though? I mean, you know, for, for football fans if across the country, fan. Not just Jets fans, all right. I mean, I mean football fans. Look, I, you know, I I went on a run uh, at at halftime and heard Sal Capaccio talk about, you know, ah, it was just really terrible for the NFL. And that's Sal. Sal loves him some NFL, all right. Um, but that is good. That is going to be the, you know, that is going to be the story. The story Me-wise? is not, the story is yeah. I mean, well, oh, sure, sure. Just just coming off tonight, you know, the two the the Tuesday morning story. The story of this game is not going to be. 
all right, uh, the Zach Wilson-led Jets W. It is going to be Darren Rodgers' injury because regardless of Zach Wilson leading them to a W, uh, you know, against the Bills, the Jets season, if Aaron Rodgers' season ended tonight, then so did the Jets' season. It does, and it's funny you say that because I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. If Aaron Rodgers happens to be done, and we'll find out maybe by the time you, you're listening to this, but let's just assume if his injuries, even if he's 10 weeks or if he's gone, whatever, don't matter. A three-horse race becomes a two-horse race, but that's only because the New York Jets only get to play the Buffalo Bills twice. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if the Jets played the Bills eight times, they might beat the Bills six times. They just play them that tough, and that defense dominates. Styles make fights. I said that during the game. For whatever reason it is, the Bills just do not seem to play offense well against the New York Jets. I don't know, man. Um, But anyway, I do agree with you. If Aaron Rodgers is done, the Jets season, although it was a nice story tonight for them to get a win, uh, you know, on September 11th in New York, New Jersey, that was a nice story nation, nationally, not a nice story here in Buffalo. But yeah, they're done. They're done. We're calling him. them done, though. I mean, we're calling them done with an absolute beast of a defense and a first overall pick who's about to take over, which is a trip, which really kind of speaks to, oh, my God, what a terrible draft pick. Who, oh, Zach really, Wilson? Yeah. No, second pick, but yeah, second overall pick. Who was one? I can't remember. It wasn't Zach Wilson. No, it wasn't. Was, that was the <laughs> year where all the quarterbacks sucked. But anyway, no, look, did you, and they still have great weapons, too. Brees Hall and, and Cook in the backfield and Garrett Wilson, um, Alan Lazards. So he's got wep- he's got weapons to work with. You know what I mean? Probably better than last year. Garrett Wilson's uh, has a year more experience. So maybe we're a little too quick to write off the Jets. They'll still be competitive, but I don't think they're going to win the East if uh, Aaron Rodgers is done. But again, maybe the, the other teams can beat the Jets because it doesn't just seem like it's going to beat the Bills. Real quick, I want to get to a couple NFL things. We'll get out of here. A couple notes that I wrote down during the game before this got so chaotic and shit, you know, late in the game. I kind of had the structure, like I said, the good, the bad, the ugly. That's my goal when I do this. And we've talked about most of them. But on the ugly side, um, where is it? I want to make sure I have the right stat. Yeah, I do. Jordan Poyer, for the second time in three times that I've seen him, and I'm a Jordan Poyer guy, and you were ribbing me because of my take before the season started, my big bowl Bills prediction was that Jordan Poyer is going to lead the AFC in interceptions. Terrible well, take. Well, especially after Whitehead had three of them tonight. So <laughs> even even at, that might even be a, Jordan, that might be Jordan Poyer's total for the year. It, right it, there I don't game. know, but here's what I do know: something don't look right about him. Uh, that Pittsburgh game when Jalen Warren scored that touchdown, and it was just one play, and Poyer took a bad angle, but he got smoked. And then on that long ass Brees Hall run earlier in the game. I wrote it in my notes, concern about Poyer's speed. It's like he's still a very physical guy. He's still an instinctual guy. I do think as the season goes on, he's going to make some big plays. I'm not saying I'm off the Jordan Poyer train completely, but I do have concerns about him. It's like he's got cement feet sometimes. If he gets caught on the wrong angle or something, he just doesn't have that speed to uh, to make up for. So that was in my notes with the ugly. Just It's a, uh, gr- it's a great example. All right, of the people that want to talk about the window closing. Now, I don't think that, you know, we're going to see a window closed when, let's say, Jordan Poyer and or Micah Hyde's time in Buffalo is over. Mm -hmm. I think we could be on the cusp of a significant roster flip over, you know, uh, roster reconstruction. Sure. Um, But, you know, when when, when you want to talk about guys, 
you know, uh, on, on the wrong side of 30, losing a step. Well, what you're really doing is, you know, you're kind of validating the uh, the opinion out there that, uh, you know, that they're getting old in spots. He missed a tackle, too, during the game. And, you know, just a bad player, too. Again, I'm not writing the guy off. He is uh, not far removed from being literally a pro bowler. An all-pro, not, not even just a pro bowler, but an all-pro. So I'm not ready to write him off. But um, the the antennas went up for me a little man, bit. Man, man, and that's that's fine for that to happen. Again, he's an old he's an older player, and there's a few of them on this team. Yeah, and one of them is Micah Hyde, and you know there was a lot of talk about him and Poyer together. I'll tell you what, I liked what I saw from Micah Hyde tonight. Mitch he Morse, quick. Mitch Morse was getting his ass whooped tonight. Bad. Mitch Morse north of thirty. All right. Easily could be a spot that has to turn over. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, I mean, there's not really much more that we could say about this game specifically. It was an irresponsible, embarrassing, inexcusable loss where the quarterback had one of, if not his worst game in, in his career. And uh, you have a quarterback who plays bad and you have an offensive coordinator who's running the ball in second and 15 in overtime. You're not going to win a lot of football games. I don't give a shit if it's Zach Wilson or whoever the hell Mike White it doesn't even matter who the quarterback is for the Jets if your quarterback's playing bad and your offensive coordinator can't come up with ways to get Gabe Davis more than two catches on the day stuff like that there's just so many things that are that went wrong with this team and I just don't know James one last point James Cook had 16 touches you pointed this out during the game it looks to me like he's going to be the feature back that's what I wanted to say but at the end of the game money time Latavius Murray was on out on that last drive. I don't know if that's something to look forward to uh, going forward. There was one third down play, and you were probably one of the most animated. You've been this the whole game, the whole night. Was when he uh, cooked and kind of like, yeah, he pulled up. He, he, he pulled up he a pulled little pulled bit on a third I mean, down catch. It was a third down catch, and it, it felt like he could have lowered that shoulder and made a better effort to get the first down. And yeah, just well, kind it was of also race for the contact. It was also like his third touch in five plays. I mean, I think they they over. Yeah. I feel like they overcommitted to him. He had a sixteen bit touches tonight. on the day. Can I, just, can I just? Can I just? I want a different fucking night. All right. I don't. I don't want these anymore. I don't want football games. I want to come in here. I want to make fun of you. <laughs> all right. This is what I came. This is this is what I signed up for. Yeah. All right. I haven't laughed one time. How long has it been? <laughs> it's been like an hour. I haven't laughed one time. Give this night to somebody else. I want a Wednesday night and and like. Barry Manilow trivia and shit. This sucks. <laughs> Fuck this. I had some shit for us near the end, some retro stuff. One of my favorite things about having you on the show with me, as opposed to a lot of my other guests, is there's a big age gap between me and a lot of people I have on, but not with me and you. We're pretty much, it's what, barely a year or so. Anyway, I don't know if I'm going to get to that, though, because, again, I'm pretty pissed off. All right, so that's enough Bill's talk here. Hopefully they'll get their shit together against the Raiders. They better damn well get their shit against or against the Raiders because if they play like that again on Sunday, man, it's going to, you know, the national people. You know, I keep fucking saying the national people. The local people, too, are going to have a field day with this team, and they should because it was just, again, it was inexcusable, irresponsible, and an embarrassing loss around the league. Four biggest surprises that I have written down. We're just flying through these. The Chiefs lose at home. The Bengals got smacked at Cleveland. Uh, the Giants, by the way, when we were taping last night, unbeknownst to us while we were taping, the Giants lost 40 to nothing at home to Dallas. That's that's really bad. And the Rams dominated uh, in Seattle. I still refuse to put this Bills loss among those biggest surprises. You agree? Even if it is Zach Wilson? 
I had the exact same four things, Pat. <laughs> biggest <laughs> takeaways from the week. What's your now the week one's in the books? What what's your biggest takeaway from this whole week? Not just Buffalo related, but anything. I got two. Three. It it starts here. It starts tonight. This story's in Nor- is is huge, you know. I mean, it is Aaron Rodgers going to be able to come back and play football That's this fair. year. And can the Jets hang on long enough for him to? All right. So uh, this is, you know, this is the number one story of the week um, for me. And and other than that, uh, we've got some good AFC teams that looked very bad. All right. Uh, Allen and, and Burrow come to mind. So so what are we really dealing with there? And is a team like San Francisco ready to uh, ready to be put in the same breath as the Philadelphia Eagles? In the uh, NFC, the the 49ers and Brock Purdy, um, even though it's year two for Purdy, I still think if uh, and, and you alluded to this yesterday, his his, his draft status, uh, if Mr. Irrelevant leads a team to, um, you know, to, to Super Bowl contention, uh, I think uh, I, I think that's going to definitely move the needle. Um, I agree with you about Aaron Rodgers previous to that. I had Tua and, and, and Hill just being dynamic and Miami being very much for real. I think they proved themselves already right off the bat in week one. Um, Cleveland, every year, we know every single year a team comes out of nowhere that no one talks about preseason and ends up being in the playoffs. Maybe Cleveland's that team this year. They got a really good defense. They can run the ball. We, we're not going to have a Cleveland discussion. We did that last night. But anyway, them beating Cincinnati the way they did, um, I think that put them on the map for this year. And I don't think we mentioned him on yesterday's show. I just want to throw a couple flowers the way of uh, Jordan Love, man. He, he looked really good for the Packers. Now, granted, it was the Bears. But he put up some good numbers, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Just Green Bay just hits that lottery, it seems like, with the quarterback. Just is going to be, hopefully for them anyway, you know, the third consecutive one that goes on maybe to have a, a nice long career. So those are my big good. I like, I like Love and Mayfield for this point. Every now and again – all right, a team that was built to win a championship with a uh, with a prolific quarterback sometimes has enough leftover pieces. All right, after that quarterback leaves, to still compete if somebody new comes in that has some upside. And I believe that Tampa Bay still has a lot of players. All right, carrying over from the Brady era. I mean, shit, man. I mean, you know, Baker's still throwing to Mike Evans and 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 Godwin. Um, is there is there a third there, or or, or did the third guy uh, in in Tampa bounce? I can, they got someone new. I can't remember who it is. He's got weapons though. He's got he's yeah, got he's weapons. Got some guys, sure. And there's still some guys on the defensive side of the ball. Again, that's a team that still has a lot of parts. All right, from a championship build with Brady. Uh, and you know, the same is true, uh, of, of, of the pack, you know, that, that was always building to win a championship with Rogers and now love, um, and Mayfield, you know, may just be good enough in not that great divisions, um, to carry, uh, you know, a, a pretty good roster in, in other spots to a, uh, to a division title. So I like that storyline. I like that storyline too. And and remember yesterday I said, remember I was kicking myself. I didn't bet the bucks plus a thousand to win the mm-hmm. South. Cause I thought that was just a really good play. I mean, like who the, f- 
who really deserved to be that big a favorite in the South? Remember what I said? I thought they would drop two after they after they yeah, won. You said I said they would go down to four hundred, maybe six. It went. Yeah, I, I I said I said it dropped to about four fifty, and um, today it was at uh, today it was at it was at plus six. That's a big swing. That's one win in week one from a plus one thousand to win a division to a plus six hundred, and and I'm almost. I'm almost ready to do it at the plus 600. All right. Just, just because I wanted it so bad at the, uh, at, at, at the plus a thousand. If it was even money, I wouldn't like that because I still think the Saints. Well, no, that division, oh my God. But, no, but you're talking those odds. plus 600. Yeah. I mean. For those odds. Sure. And look, you can make, and I know there's a lot of people, if they're watching and listening right now, we're going to say the biggest storyline from week one, probably around the league is that Buffalo, Cincinnati and Kansas city all lost, you know, the three perceived favorites, in the conference are all um, 0-1 right now. And by the way, I've gotten multiple hate texts from friends tonight. I drafted Josh Allen in our fantasy football. Oh, <laughs> oh, count me, count me <laughs> amongst one, the one count me amongst the haters, the Maloik. That's bad shit, man. Real quick, all right. Um, tomorrow morning, betting lines open. AFC East betting favorite, Miami Dolphins. Correct. Mm, I never thought of that. No. I still say it's Kansas City and Cincinnati. No, 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 bro. I said AFC East betting favorites. Oh, AFC East betting. AFC East betting oh, favorites. Yeah, 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 yeah. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Five. Of, if you watch the pregame, minus what? Miami's minus what to win the AFC East? Not when, heavy. When it opens tomorrow. Not heavy. Favorites. I agree. All right. Small Just, favorites, and they should be one forty. Didn't the Miami Dolphins minus one forty? That's what I'm going with. My, Miami's minus one forty to win the AFC East when it opens up. We're not going to be homers here. We're being objective. Does Miami look like a better football team than the Bills right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have. Uh, we we don't have anyone that can match Tyree Kill, man. We just don't. We just, we just don't. He's a piece of shit. He's an absolute piece of shit, man. But we just don't have a Tyree Kill. There simply isn't another. Tyree Kill, and um, there's a reason why, even with a roster of some decent skill players at the time, all right, there's a reason why when Mike McDaniel heard that Tyree Kill could be had, you know, M Mike McDaniel's jaw hit the floor, all right, yeah. and Mike McDaniel just said, "Go get it done," all right. He's stupid. He's he's just he's he's off the charts. One last Bills question for you. I should have asked this before, but again, I'm kind of got notes all over the place just being sporadic and random here if you're it's a copycat league and sure look the jets pass rush makes things a lot easier and they got a lot of talent all over the place and not everyone can play defense as good as the jets but i kind of feel like that was the blueprint to defend the buffalo bills is just do not give up big plays make them have to go down the field make josh chuck the ball to dalton kincaid and dawson knox and deontay Hardy and james cook out of the backfield or running these plays don't let them get loose throwing the ball long. Joshua's by that. I think he was like 0 for 3 tonight with uh, two interceptions on deep passes. Um, but anyway, that's kind of like the blueprint. I mean, and maybe it was before tonight, too. I just, I, I don't think you can easily be replicated. I think the Jets can do it because um, sure, of, of, of the skill. I, I, I believe they close at every level. All right. I mean, they, they, they closed at the intermediate route level. They, you know, they closed at the deep route uh, on the deep routes. They they closed on the, you know, the fancy they Deontay Hardy, uh, yeah. fancy Deontay no, Hardy yeah, plays tonight. that we didn't want to show anybody. And, and you know what? That's what pisses me off. That's Except why. I, one that's, that's why I'm so annoyed. That was all dicks. That's why I'm so annoyed with 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 Dorsey 
Um, it's just, you know, those, those hardy plays were definitely designed for yards after catch or yards after touch. They, you know, they were designed to break and, um, and, and the jets just didn't bite at all on any of it. And now it's all out there. You know, now it's all out there. You really only keep shit. All right. Um, from, from film in preseason for one week. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. You get one week yeah, of the shit sure. that you didn't yeah, show. Yeah, the Bills had something to dial off tonight. They once were doing it. Once, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I, it's I, out I, there. You're out there now. People know how you're going to use Deontay Hardy. All right. Um, I'd sure love to know how we're going to use Dalton Kincaid. Talk about, you know, I mean, he made a couple catches, had a couple yards after catch, makes contact, picks up another two or three yards. Cool stuff. But I think we thought we'd see more. Yeah. Do we not? I mean, I mean, I think we I, I think we thought too. we'd see we'd see more. I expected more from Trent Shurfield too. Oh man, yeah, Dorsey's Dor- Dorsey deserves a lot of what he's gonna eat. You know, I, I mean the the quarterback and the coordinator, deservedly so. Uh they're gonna get pounced on uh pounced on this week. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. By the way, if you watch the show, not today, yesterday's show, which admittedly is old news, but if you want to go on hit YouTube. Don't go on the audio version. Go on YouTube. Get to about like that, I don't know, 13-minute, 12-minute mark or so like that. <laughs> on camera. Decides it's a good time you know, to, to have the old hands down the pants. And I don't have to comment on the screen, but some dude, <laughs> his comment you call, he said it was very Al Bundy-ish. I actually, th- I didn't think of that until I saw it afterwards. It's I'm good. Like, <laughs> no, I, I love the Al Bundy <laughs> reference. What's just funny chilling. though, I know, bro. I know what's funny though is later on in, during the recording, I don't know if you remember, but you, you were talking about something and I said, honestly, man, I, I, I wasn't even paying attention for the last 30 seconds uh, because I noticed, you know, I noticed my belly on the screen um, and I didn't even, that, that was well after the initial one there that came not only the belly, all right, but complete with a partial, you know, hand down the waistband <laughs> as well. Like I was just, I was just could chilling. be more comfortable, just man. Chilling. Yeah, but do call that on YouTube and say it was very Al Bundyish. I'm like, that is absolutely fucking uh perfect. Uh, a couple minutes, then we're gonna get out of here. No, I'm Jesus, talking about what? No, I want left. Be, I want to be in a good mood. And I'm not going to be in a good mood if we're talking about this game. I got a 25-minute drive. I got to <laughs> up with the kids in the morning. What could I do possibly to help you get into a good one mood? Of those, one, one of the things that I plan on doing with you, and again, normally we wouldn't be taping these shows fucking after midnight from an embarrassing Bills overtime loss against the Jets. But anyway, I like to spend, like just when I have Anthony or Aaron on, I, I like to spend a little chunk of the show at the end kind of just talking about the personal side, giving people a chance. Cause I know as much as you think that only the five people that we're both mutually friends with at this point on, on Facebook are actually watching this. There's actually a lot of people who don't know you and it's kind of an opportunity for them to, to get to know more about you. So like I said, kind of the same things I do um, with some of the other guys, girls who come on. But anyway, in your case, being that we grew up together and we've been friends since like the mid eighties and shit and around the same age, a lot of the stuff I know are things that you can relate to. And I have a fun fact for you, man. I'm going to pull this up here on the screen. The Beatles, the song Help, on this date, September 11th, even though technically now it's September 12th, this was number one on Billboard in 1965. 58 years ago, this song was number one. And it got me thinking, you and I, I'm like, we're only, they were about 10 years done. 
the Beatles. Like nowadays, when you, you know, you talk about the Beatles, again, that was nearly six decades ago, that song, and then being number one on the charts. But when we were coming up, when we were kids, and I don't even mean like little babies, I'm talking about like early into our teen years, the Beatles were only like a decade removed from being broken up. So like those songs weren't all that old like they are now. You know what I'm saying? It's just so to, to see that it would I, I have a comparison for younger oh, people. Well, then get there. <laughs> for people who are younger, it would be like Jay-Z. Jay-Z's been out of the game for like 10 years or so, 12 years. That's kind of like for younger people, that would be the Beatles to us. That doesn't interest you whatsoever, does I it? mean, it, it <laughs> just it's not remotely. Come on, dude. It's, you don't remember? Like, that wasn't all that long when we were kids. The Beatles being broken up. You weren't a Beatles. Were you ever a Beatles fan? Absolutely, man. Yeah. And and like that, that Beatles, like, you know, number one CD that's got like their 30 number mm -hmm. ones or whatever was, you know, the red, the red front. Um, not that anybody listens to CDs anymore, but yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely rocks. We want to know what, like one of my favorite Beatles memories is my, one of my mother's cherished Beatles albums was one that I used at a, at a, at a party all drunk to try to emulate like, you know, <laughs> some, some, some scratches. <laughs> um, there's something that'll interest. And I remember the apple, there was always an apple on the cover of a Beatles, uh, this will interest you even less. Well, it, it, it it couldn't possibly <laughs> this interest date, me even so, less. But you know what it does? Well, this is a retro. I want to set the scene, though. This is retro, and when we do these, it's going to be like on these dates that we're recording, but a specific amount of years ago. On this date, 1982, which would put you at what, like 10? Yeah. This was the number one album. John Cougar, for people who are listening, not watching, the American Fool, that album, would spent nine weeks at number one. Back in uh, 1982, I hated that album. Did you? Did, are you a John Cougar guy? You had two songs on there, and I thought they were both significantly overrated. I know they're classic songs now, but I never liked them. Um, I mean, I had some respect for you know Little Diddy about Jack and Diane. I mean, it told a good story. Uh, but generally speaking, I, I didn't have a whole lot of use for for Melancam. You know what I'm going to listen to on the way home, though, man? I got about a 25-minute drive. Um, <laughs> You're going to say that like three more times in the next two minutes for me to get you out of here? I've been talking about my 25-minute <laughs> drive. A little bit of Paul Davis. I want to like. I want to listen to some. I want to listen. I want to get depressed. Sixty-five love affair. No, no. You're not a no. slow music guy. That's one I, thing but I do here's, know about. Here, here's the thing with with Paul Davis. All right, and and I really I I want to one day dedicate a whole segment to this. All right, Paul Davis's "I Go Crazy" is one of the most tortured souls <laughs> uh, uh, in 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 song lyrics that I've ever heard all right i mean your man is just fucked up over this girl <laughs> and i'm gonna probably listen to it five times on the way home and it really obviously has nothing to do with uh uh you know with any relationship stuff i just i want i, I want to feel it i want to feel i want to feel a little something i'm sad that there's something about that song i don't know it doesn't it doesn't you're like, not a slow tune kind I, of guy. I hate slow tunes but um I'm on the opposite I there's just yeah you know there's there's something about that song where i'm just i'm feeling them i'm like man your man is your man is in, in rough shape over this you know <laughs> i mean you know it's been a while you know what i mean so he's, he's telling you that it's been a while um and he thinks he's over it he thinks he's over I, it and I, then that I, shit just comes back and it crushes him
How many podcasts? How many podcasts are going to go from talking about the Bills to to Paul Davis? Just this one. All right, one more thing. I'm gonna let you go. I know what the answer is going to be for you here, but on this date again, back in 1975, which that was a little. We were born, but this was before our time, sort of. But Starsky and Hutch premiered. That was a popular show. Did you ever watch that back in the day? I did not. But can I have some credit for being a hardcore Chips fan? Chips fan. Oh, that was going to be my follow up. Like, what were a couple of your favorite TV shows that you can remember? Like, the first TV shows as a young kid that, like, you were really into that you can remember that weren't cartoons. The Incredible Hulk. All right. The, the, the Lou, Lou Ferrigno, the Lou Ferrigno, Incredible, Incredible Hulk, um, and Chips. Those, those were big ones, dude, bro. Like, I used to have like a little play, like, motorcycle. And at the beginning, at the, you, you know, the, the, the start of the, uh, the start of chips was Eric Estrada and whoever the <laughs> yeah, other yeah. guy was, you know, I, you'll, you, you know, him probably is uh, officer John Baker. Um, <laughs> and that was it, man. I would, I would sit there on my, on my motorcycle. All right. Watching the, the, the intro to the show, riding my, riding my motorcycle on the California highway patrol. I never really got in the next show, but that's a good one. But you know what my like craziest, weirdest skill that I have memory wise I swear to you, like, I can't remember Bill's games from a year ago. Like, I don't remember a lot of stats and, you know, results from some games. But I swear to you, I can remember going back to the 80s TV schedules. Like, I could tell you nights of the week and what the schedules were on different networks that all those TV shows were on. So I can still remember shit from literally freaking 40 years ago. But I can't remember a lot of things that are months old or maybe a couple of years uh, at the most. Anyway. I'm, I'm done. Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, I am wrapping it up. That is definitely going to do it for this episode. I, I don't know. I just kind of want to let loose a little bit here. I actually, uh, you know, despite it being a little forced at the beginning there, uh, you know, I, I ended up being able to uh, to find a, a little bit of a um, of a fun, calming conversation about that because I don't know what's still left on on the radio, um, you know. But I'm gonna. It's, I spared no, you. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I I'm spared not, you. Not. I am. I really am going to do the Paul Davis thing. I'm doing uh, the Paul Davis I spared thing. you at the end, by the way. I have a yeah. full page here of my overreactions from the Buffalo Bills getting smacked in 2016. Rex Ryan, it was, it was the second year. He got fired that year. But I had some crazy, I wrote out his post, post on Facebook with overreactions because I went into this game saying, I know I'm going to overreact. If the Bills look really good against the Jets, I'm going to be too high. And if bullshit like tonight happened, I'd be too low. And I was kind of reminding myself of all these crazy things I said back in uh, Yo, in 2016. You know who'd love I'm to not going to read it to you. Oh, I mean, you know who'd love to hear them? Yes, it's Aaron Quinn tomorrow. <laughs> Let me read one to you. Uh, Reggie Bush is not the second best halfback on this team, and he's not the third best either. Get him the fuck out of here. Kim Kardashian was smart to dump him. He's so much more hyped than substance, which makes him the perfect Rex Ryan guy. It's not bad. That's a good take, man. That's, <laughs> that's not bad. I, here, my favorite Rex Ryan quote of all time was uh, was Sal Capaccio, who said um, that he, he he believes that Rex Ryan, as much as Rex Ryan loved being a football coach, he's not so sure at the end how much he loves coaching football. That 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 nailed that is good the end of of the Rex Ryan um, era for me. All right, guys, that will do it this time. I want to thank one more time Imperial Pizza for sponsoring today's episode 
Uh, make sure you get out there. 1035 Abbott in South Buffalo, man. Great food, daily specials, literally every day. One of the best lunch specials you'll find anywhere. And I will be there live Thursday night with Nate Gary from WGR for Tone Pucks. This is Pat. I'll be back with another episode with I'm probably going to assume a much calmer uh, Aaron Quinn. And that'll be tomorrow. Talk to you then. Mm -hmm.